0: electronic, electronic, electronic.
1: Welcome back to the second episode of the Youth voters Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. I am super duper excited for this episode. I welcome Vinaya. Vinaya has a very cool last name, but I cannot say it because it is just not as cool as mine. So I'm going to let her say it when she introduces herself. Um, we are talking about gun control today. Gun control is a hugely political issue, hugely politicized issue in this country. Um, and I think I'm not going to say, you know, that all youth are for it or against it because we all make our own decisions and we're, we don't just vote in one block. But I do think that lots of youth in this country think differently about it because of school shootings and that how we've seen that. And we've grown up with this, you know, this idea of shooter drills and lockdown drills. And what do you do? Run, fight, hide, or run, hide, fight, you know, all this stuff. Um And so we've been normalized to something that a lot of generations haven't. And so I think that we do think a lot differently about it. So I love, I think that you are going to love this conversation. Either side of the issue, I think either side you fall on the issue, I think you're going to get something out of it. So welcome Vinaya. (laughs) So thank you so much, Vinaya, for coming on. It, this is so exciting. Can you just give an introduction of who you are and uh, where you're from?
0: Um, hi, uh, my name is Vinaya Malkityege, and I am originally from a little island country called Sri Lanka, but uh, my parents immigrated here when I was around two years old, and I've grown up in Florida my whole life.
1: Florida. So, Vinaya, give us the weather in Florida right now. What is it outside your window?
0: Um, right now it's pretty sunny, but we've been like it's super cold for us Floridians. Like it's hit like 30 oh, degrees Vinaya. and we're all like, "No, it's too cold." 30
1: it's too degrees. Cold.
0: No. I, 30 degrees. It's so cold here. Like okay. I'm, <laughs>
1: Well, outside my window, it is snowing, and it is like 15, so no, it's okay. We live in different places. It's fine. Um, Well, I'm so sorry for your cold weather, but let's just jump right in. Um, You know, I wanted you to come on today because I wanted to talk about your story with um, gun control. Um, Can you just tell us a little bit about your story and how this issue of gun control, which has become increasingly partisan in our country, um, you know, how, have, how, how has it affected your life?
0: Yeah, of course. Um, so I think one defining moment in my life that really got me to care, I mean, I wouldn't even say just care, but to even like be aware and realize that gun control is such a big um, controversy or issue in our country Was when I had to like first, I had first hand experience with it. And um, I was in the eighth grade, and um, there was a school shooter drill. I remember it very vividly because we were in like our history class, and our vice principal comes knocking at the door. So we're a very small school. And um, I had, in my eighth 3 class, I literally had eight people. So we were extremely small, very close with faculty, students, my peers, my classmates were all just like a family, honestly. And uh, the vice principal comes to the door and she's like, get down, everyone. There's there's something going on on, on, the, on campus and you need to lock these doors and we need to pile the... Um, the tables across the door so everyone gets up in a panic and we we really we genuinely had no idea what was going on yeah um and we so all the guys all the guys in the class start putting all of the the tables on by the door and we were getting down on the floor and we're just we're like we're just sitting there and i i it was my history class my history teachers just sitting there with us like terrified We're at this point like a couple of us are bawling crying because genuinely had no idea what was going on but we could kind of it was implied that it wasn't obviously a good thing so we turn off yeah. the lights we close the door um the doors never locked until um after the incident and uh maybe 20 30 minutes goes like what felt like forever, but definitely at least 20 to 30 minutes. You can, at this point, it's so silent, you can hear the clock ticking. And Mm. um, we're all just sitting there looking at each other, most of us crying. And then we hear, I hear like a jingling of keys and it's our vice principal again, coming and saying that the shooter's off the campus. And at this point we're all panicking because there was no mention of a shooter. Um wow. And then after that we we're like gathering our stuff, basically trying like just putting all of the desks and tables back in order. And then the bell rings and we're brought to our next class.
1: Wow. And
0: we put our back. I I remember this moment so um we're sitting there in our next class and we literally all look at each other and I just start crying I was a <laughs> we were just and then I, a couple other people joined in and we were all it was a mess and at that point the school knew that like the kids need to go home so they yeah. called our parents and um I went home and we didn't come back the next day either. We, went, we came back maybe a day after. And um, when we came back, the doors that used to always be open into the school were now locked and they had wow. a, uh, yeah, they, they were locked and you could only open them from like the office Put cameras so they could see whoever was there. Uh, we suddenly had a security guard and a, a cop car in the parking lot. Um there was suddenly like locks on the doors, and all of the doors and entrances were closed throughout the day. Um, a lot had changed, and they put cameras everywhere. and we had a, we had an, a school assembly and our um, our pastor at the school, it's a Christian school. So the pastor at the school gives us a um, gives us a basically like a briefing of what had happened and we found out that there was a shooter on campus that um had escaped from some somewhere nearby um but since it was a school it was a huge threat and we even had we literally had a sniper on the roof because of this incident like Mm -hmm. during when it was going on yeah and so yeah and after that ever since then obviously that's very dramatic and very like life-changing it, it it really changes your view on everything at that point right like having because in those moments we genuinely thought that that was it and yeah. even after I was like wow we were wow because those are people I've known my whole life right and just to be in that position of thinking that either I or them could have potentially been hurt or any faculty member. It was terrifying, especially in a place where I had always felt safe. I, right. I have always walked into that school. I've been there since kindergarten and I have always walked into that school without a doubt in my mind, knowing that I'm going to walk out. Yeah. And in that day, I, I, that security was, was taken from me.
1: That is such a moving and incredible story, Vinaya. Thank you for sharing it with me. You know, I think a lot of us, um, a lot of young people um tend to, and I don't want to say that like a lot of young people are gonna go art decide one way or the other, but I think w- we feel differently both ways on the issue of gun control because of the increase in school shootings and the and the the threat of it and the drills we've done our whole life and you know, I went and by golly, I mean, you almost had it happen, you know, you became very close, you're, you're, you personally, so I think a lot of us feel differently. Um, you know, one of the most recent um, mass school shootings that that has happened when we're recording this is the one at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, also in Florida. And after that, we saw this huge March for Our Lives rally. You know, the young people at that school really kind of rose up. And and we had this national debate on gun control. Um, President Trump banned bump stocks and there were bills and there were, you know, there were, they lobbied the Florida government, they lobbied the federal government. Um, you know what was it like for you when you watched those young people that are our age um, really kind of rise up and 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 you know, move their feelings into action? What did you feel when you saw those young people? And how successful do you think that movement was?
0: This is kind of funny, but it was genuinely kind of ironic um, because the same school that this happened at. So it's. It's a very conservative school. Um, It's a very, very right wing school. And um, after I'm seeing all of that, all of those events happen on TV and like seeing it firsthand and everything, um, in in me, it inspired this this, um, kind of want. To change, change what happened to us, like not have any kid have to feel like that again, basically. And it's it's kind of sick. And so having people, young people who have gone through firsthand experience of that and saying that like that was that was traumatic. Like that wasn't something that we should ever normalize. Like gun, like school shooting drills and stuff shouldn't be something that we think of in the future as oh yeah we just had like like coming home and telling your mom yeah we just had a school shooter deal today we shouldn't have to have that those and for young people to advocate against like i mean first i mean for
1: stricter gun laws was amazing that's such an interesting thought and, and you know what what have we had to or been forced to normalize when, and and should it be that's such an interesting thought um you know that in in the wake of that movement, you know they they got to. I really think that that movement, the or excuse me, the March for Our Lives movement, almost got to both parties and and, and state and federal. Um, do you think that there's space for compromise to happen on the issue of guns? And 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 how would you like the country to move forward with this issue?
0: Yeah, I definitely do think there is plenty of space for compromise because with any political movement or organization they all, i mean i think it's already been taken into account that exactly what they plead for it's not going to happen um then that's just how parties work you know right i yeah. mean right wingers are never going to allow for extreme like you know a banning of guns to ever happen right and i am yeah and but i'm never saying that we should ban them. That's, that's never the, that's never the goal. It's to make it, to make it easier for people to feel safe. And for that to happen, you, there's just certain laws about guns that are just way too easy, especially in Florida. Uh, One thing about Florida is it's, it's very easy to obtain a gun. And that's something that should scare people. So, and being aware of these types of laws and being at and advocating for them genuinely helps people realize that it's not about banning guns it's about making it safer for not only school children but like just people generally because shootings don't happen only at at schools i mean we saw the las vegas shooting that was and that was a crazy story
1: right at a concert so,
0: yeah at a concert so that's that's ridiculous that things like this are even uh, just that happen generally, obviously, but
1: you know, I love to be, no, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, no, no. You keep going. (laughs) Um, Well, I was just going to say, I love that you say that, um, you know, and, and I, well, maybe I was the wrong choice of words, but it's interesting that you say you know banning guns is never the goal because that is a huge argument. You know they want to ban guns, they want to take guns, and, and it's yeah, and it's 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 the mudsling that one side throws, and then the other side says you know they're just they you know who needs guns and blah 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 blah, and and at the end of the day, is that it's not really compromise. It, that's not really helpful. So I love that you say that you know it's not necessarily the goal. Because if you get rid of that, then then you can compromise. So I like that you say that.
0: Yeah, it's getting rid of like what their their basically their strongest argument is. What you said that oh they just want to take our guns, they want to take our rights away. That's never
1: right. And I love and and I think at the same time on the op- other side, it's you know does who needs for the greater good. Right. Yeah. And well, and I think on the democratic side, they argue, you know, nobody needs guns, blah, 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 blah. But you know, people like that. Yeah. So I like that you're saying, let's get rid of the the talking points because they're not help They're actually not helpful. They're not really. They're saving not
0: they, because, and, and that's the point. That's the one thing about politics that kind of irks me is the fact that nobody, because for us, You and me talking, we're talking about saving the lives. Like the reason why we care about these issues is because of the children who have been killed by guns in their own schools. But for politicians, it's just another, you know, another talking point, another legislation that they might pass, they might not pass, whatever for them. It's not about the saving lives. It's about getting the next election. Yeah. And that's
1: the one thing that just, it, like I said, irks me. <laughs> well, with that being the one thing that irks you about politics, something I always ask to finish up here, Um, something I always ask guests on this podcast is what is the best moment, the flip side, what's the best moment in politics you've ever been a part of, but there's one constraint. You can't have like watched this moment on TV or anything. You had to have been there, been a part of it somehow, been on the Zoom meeting, something. What's the best moment that comes to your mind?
0: Okay. Uh you always ask me the hardest questions, I swear. <laughs> um uh funny enough, it was actually after the election. Okay. Um, so I do this uh I do this fellowship for an organization that helps with climate education. And so during the fall, during the election, we all had like a group chat and we were talking, you know, because the election wasn't just one day, it was a couple of days. They really egged us on. And so I remember right after the election, right after we found out that um, Biden had won, we we decided to have a uh, conference call like on Zoom with everyone in the fellowship, all from all the different, from all 50 states we have fellows and uh, the fellow leaders. And I remember being on there and our fellow leader was talking about um, the numbers of how many people we got to vote. Because during this fellowship, what we did was we did a postcard campaign, we did phone banking, text banking, tons of ways to get people registered to vote and to vote. and. So we were looking at our, he was talking about our numbers and I remember sitting there and just being in awe. Like all of us were just in awe of like how insane it was that young people had really stepped up to the plate to vote this year. Like that was amazing to look at those numbers and just to see like like, genuine just like data. (laughs) And I've never been so happy to see a graph chart in my life.
1: So yeah. (laughs) Well, I love that. Certainly the way that youth voters have stepped up in the past year, basically, has I can definitely get behind that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Vinaya.
0: Yes, of course. Anytime.
1: All right. Well, we will see you later. And you are always welcome back. <laughs> thank you. See you later, Vinaya. See you. an incredible talk from Vinaya. I want to thank her for coming on. It was such a pleasure to have her. And, you know, I really liked, I especially liked the part where we talked about, you know, it's not enough to just continue the mudslinging on, well, really any issue, but especially the issue of gun control, because it's not helpful. It doesn't solve anything. It doesn't solve problems for either side. It makes no sense to even do it really, except if you want to win an election. So, um, I hope that you enjoyed this talk. I hope that you've got something out of it, no matter what side of the issue you fall on. I hope that you found something in here as, and I hope you find something every episode that you can connect with. You know, these were in a very politicized time right now. So whether you agreed with an or whether you didn't, I hope that you got something from her talk and that you found something in her story that you resonated with, that you related with. And um, cause I think that that is, one of the best things that we can do to unite our country. I want to finish today and I want to finish every podcast like this. I think that there's always hope. There's always something that can move us forward. There's always another piece of the puzzle that maybe you haven't discovered yet. So I want to leave you with a quote, or I'm always going to leave you with a quote. Um, This one is from Amanda Gorman, the phenomenal young um, poet, actually the youngest poet at an inauguration she was just at Joe Biden's inauguration on January 20th and in her poem she said for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it if only we're brave enough to be it i think that that's incredibly inspiring and i want to leave you with that so thank you so much for joining us for the very second episode of the youth voters podcast we'll see you next time Electronic.
0: Electronic. Electronic.
1: Electronic.